Welcome to The Gallopod, with me, Gala Placidia. In this episode, I'm reading the first part of my fic, Dad Says. If you're not here for dreary fanfic, you're in the wrong place. I hope you enjoy Dad Says. Chapter 1 We don't serve death eaters scum in here, spat the shopkeeper, slamming the door. Harry turned at the sound, and his heart compressed strangely. Draco Malfoy stepped neatly away from the slammed door, a small boy clutching his hand. "'I'm sorry, darling,' said Malfoy to the boy. "'I don't mind,' said the boy, a little too quickly. Malfoy drew him into a hug. "'What did I do to deserve you?' he asked. Harry couldn't tear his eyes away. Malfoy had always been handsome, but Harry had forgotten how forceful his good looks were, like being hit over the head with aestheticism. Malfoy made everything look easy, even being insulted. His icy blonde hair was in waves around his ears. He wore old robes, yet they somehow made him seem more fashionable and put together than all the expensive clothes Harry owned could have done. The little boy was delicate and blonde as well. He closed his eyes when Malfoy hugged him. He didn't squirm away, although he looked about the age when children start resisting their parents' affection. If anything, he tried to pull Malfoy closer. "'You'd better go into Ollivander's by yourself, darling,' said Malfoy. "'Oh,' said the boy, sounding disappointed. "'I'm sorry,' said Malfoy. "'No, no, it's fine,' said the boy. (laughs) "'Little liar. Here, take some gold, and after we'll see if we can get you some ice cream.' "'From Florian's?' asked the boy. "'If he'll sell it to us, darling. But if not, we'll find somewhere, I promise,' said Malfoy. "'All right,' said the boy, squaring his shoulders and marching into Ollivander's by himself.' Malfoy's hands twitched at his sides, and he seemed to force himself not to follow. He leant back against the storefront to wait. Malfoy, said Harry. Malfoy's head jerked up. Potter, he said. He was cold and impenetrable, where before he had been elastic with emotion. How are you? asked Harry. Well, thank you. And yourself? Harry frowned. He didn't quite know how to respond to a polite Malfoy. In fact, he wasn't even sure why he had approached him. Malfoy seemed to be wondering the same thing. "'Is that your son?' asked Harry. Malfoy glanced into the shop window, but the stacks of wands prevented them from seeing inside. Harry knew it was a meaningful moment when children found their wands, the sort of thing parents photographed and put in albums. He caught the quick, pained expression that flashed across Malfoy's face. "'Yes,' said Malfoy. "'Scorpius. He's starting at Hogwarts in September.' "'Christ, you had him young,' said Harry. Malfoy laughed. Seventeen. It wasn't exactly planned.' "'He's cute,' said Harry. Malfoy looked rather dreamy. "'He's all his mother, fortunately.' "'His mother. Malfoy's wife. He had one, didn't he?' Harry remembered someone mentioning it. "'Well, that makes things easier,' thought Harry, before immediately asking himself why it should matter to him one way or another if Malfoy were married. The door opened and Scorpius burst out. "'Dad, Dad, look!' He brandished his wand. "'Hawthorn and Phoenix Feather. "'That's brilliant, darling, and so fast!' "'Took me hours to find my wand,' said Harry. Scorpius froze and looked up at him fearfully. "'Scorpius, this is Harry Potter. "'Potter, this is my son, Scorpius.' Scorpius solemnly took his hand, muttering, "'How do you do?' "'Nice to meet you, Scorpius,' said Harry. Scorpius took a deep breath, clasped his hands, and fixed Harry with an earnest look. "'Thank you for saving my father's life,' he said, formally. Harry tried not to laugh. "'That's all right. 
He saved my life, too. Really? I didn't know that. Scorpius's eyes widened and brightened, and suddenly Harry wondered if he had ever heard anything good about his father. He hadn't seemed too surprised to hear him refer to as Death Eater Scum. Yes, he was very brave, said Harry. Potter, please don't. He'll believe you, said Malfoy, his jaw tight. Scorpius seemed to crumple. Oh, he said miserably. You were joking. No, said Harry, frowning at Malfoy. You did save my life. That is a generous interpretation of events, said Malfoy. I don't think so, said Harry. Malfoy didn't answer. He stared into the distance, a small crease appearing between his pale eyebrows. Dad, said Scorpius, pulling at his hand. You're in Diagon Alley. It's me, Scorpius. Dad! Dad! Malfoy shook his head abruptly and smiled down at Scorpius. He looked tired. How did he manage to make tired look so good? Sorry, darling, he said. Dad gets lost inside his head sometimes, explained Scorpius. Oh, said Harry, but before he could say anything, a young witch had approached him and asked for his autograph. Come on, Scorpius, let's not disturb Mr. Potter any longer, said Malfoy. Goodbye, said Scorpius. Wait, Malfoy. But Malfoy had taken Scorpius by the hand and walked away. Harry was distracted by the young witch, who had a lot to say about some articles she had read about him in Witch Weekly. When she finally left, Scorpius was back, panting. Mr. Potter, he said. You can call me Harry. Harry looked around for Malfoy, but couldn't see him. Could I write you a letter? I don't want to bother you. You wouldn't have to answer. Could I, please? asked Scorpius. Uh, said Harry, baffled. Why do you want to write me a letter? To thank you, of course, said Scorpius, as if Harry were being deliberately thick. For saving Mal- your dad's life? No, for- for today, said Scorpius. I don't understand, said Harry. Scorpius looked anxiously over his shoulder to where Malfoy was hurrying out of a bookshop, scanning the crowd. Please say I can write, please. I won't bother you, I promise. You won't have to answer, said Scorpius. I... here, said Harry, finding a piece of parchment and a quill. Scorpius looked as if he might cry if he said no. Harry scribbled his address down and gave it to him. Thank you, said Scorpius, fervently. Scorpius! Malfoy put a hand on Scorpius's shoulder. Potter, I apologise. Scorpius, explain yourself. I, I... I wanted an autograph, lied Scorpius. How dare you bother Potter like that, said Malfoy. It was no bother, said Harry. Scorpius threw his arms around Harry's neck. You're just like Dad said you were, he whispered into his ear. What do you mean? asked Harry. Wonderful, said Scorpius, as Malfoy tugged him away. Wonderful. Sorry, Potter, said Malfoy. I really am. Come on, Scorpius, we're going home. But you said we'd have ice cream, said Scorpius. <laughs> if you think we're getting ice cream after that. And then they were gone, lost in the crowd. He couldn't really explain why he kept thinking about Scorpius and Malfoy all afternoon. Probably it was because he didn't often encounter Death Eaters. It had been over ten years since the war, and most of them had melted away. They were dead, or in Azkaban, or abroad. Harry probably didn't like being reminded of Voldemort and Lucius, and... Yes, that was all. If his mind kept returning to the sight of Malfoy pulling his son close and asking, What did I do to deserve you? It was only because it reminded him of Lucius Malfoy. Except, of course, it didn't. Lucius had always bought Malfoy anything he wanted, but Harry didn't remember him ever showing that sort of affection. He thought of the way Scorpius's eyes lit up when he called Malfoy brave, as if he had said something magical. Harry wanted children, badly. So badly, that he had even suggested to Ginny, 
as she broke up with him, that they should just have a marriage of convenience and start a family. The suggestion had not gone over well. Was Harry jealous of Malfoy? He couldn't deny that Scorpius was adorable, and Harry wanted someone to lavish with affection, the way Malfoy clearly did with Scorpius. Yet he had also had the sense that Scorpius took care of Malfoy just as much as Malfoy took care of him. Harry had seen how disappointed they both had been that Malfoy couldn't go with him to get Scorpius's wand, because Malfoy kept Ollivander locked up in a dungeon for months, he reminded himself. But Scorpius had tried to hide his feelings, and it was Scorpius who had called Malfoy back to himself when he went missing behind the eyes. It was all very confusing, and Harry was relieved when Scorpius's letter arrived in the middle of the night. Dear Mr Potter, I mean Harry, Dad says that you only said those things about him being brave and saving your life to be nice to me. I think you're the nicest wizard I've ever met, except for Dad, of course. I know Dad was evil in the war, and he was a Death Eater, and did bad things, and that's why people can't forgive him. He's told me all about it, every bad thing, but I won't tell you in case you don't know. Although, everyone does seem to know. Anyway, because of all the bad things that can't ever be forgiven, people are very unkind to us. I don't mind so much, except when they say things to me, because that makes Dad sadder than anything. He says, the sins of the father are visited on the son, and he's sorry. But you were so nice to us, even though you're Harry Potter and you hate us. Well, I think being nice to people you hate is wonderful and noble. And even if you thought you were lying, you were really telling the truth, because my dad is braver than anyone, and he never lets the angry men find me when they come, even though sometimes they hurt him so badly. I know you won't answer, but I just wanted to say thank you. You really are brave and good, just like Dad says. Yours sincerely, Scorpius Malfoy. Harry wrote back right away, even though it was the middle of the night. Dear Scorpius, thank you for your lovely letter. Of course I don't hate you. Your father really did save my life, although it's true he did many bad things as well. But people can change, and I for one forgave him a long time ago. Could you tell me more about the angry men? Your friend, Harry Potter. Scorpius didn't answer. The next day, a letter came from Malfoy. It was on formal paper and arrived at his ministry address, the one that was publicly available. Clearly, although Malfoy had his home address, he had not thought it appropriate to use it. Potter, I'm so sorry my son has been bothering you. It was good of you to write back. I have told him to leave you alone. I'm afraid he was rather taken with you. I'd also like to thank you for your kindness in Diagonale. It was generous of you not to embarrass me in front of Scorpius. With gratitude, D. Malfoy. Harry didn't know what to make of this letter. Malfoy and Scorpius both seemed allergic to the idea of bothering him, which he found strange given that it hadn't bothered him at all. In fact, he had very much liked Scorpius, who reminded him less of eleven-year-old Malfoy than of Harry himself. It had been nice to get his letter and to write back. Harry didn't really have many people to write to. He wrote letters to Teddy at Hogwarts, but Teddy was very popular and busy and rarely found the time to write back. Malfoy. I'd like to write to Scorpius. He's fun. Please tell him I'd be glad to hear from him any time. Harry. Dear Mr Potter, Dad just said I could write to you. He said, you're just being polite, but I don't care. Is it true you stole a dragon from Gringotts? Do you really have a magical invisibility cloak? I'm going to Hogwarts in September and I'm so nervous. Dad says, it might be difficult at first because I'm a Malfoy. I wish I wasn't a Malfoy sometimes, but don't tell Dad that, because it's just the two of us left, and I think it would make him sad, and I try not to make him sad. I think me leaving will make him sad. Dad says your parents died when you were a baby, and that he used to make fun of you for it. It's hard to believe he did that. I miss my mum a lot. Did you used to miss your mum? 
I wonder if it was different because you didn't know her. My mum died when I was five. She took her own life, says Dad. I wish she hadn't. Tomorrow we're having movie night. Movie night is the best night of the whole week because my friends Andy and Fran come over and Dad's friends even Nick and Flora come too and they drink wine and tease him and then we watch a movie and chat at the screen. Dad says wizards don't really watch movies. I asked him if I could go to a muggle school instead of Hogwarts, but he said no. Muggles are so much nicer than wizards. Dad says people are people, but that's not how it seems to me. Yours sincerely, Scorpius. Dear Scorpius, I'm afraid to say it's true, both about the invisibility cloak and breaking into Gringotts, although I promise I had a very good reason. I feel sure you will have a wonderful time at Hogwarts, although it may take you a moment to get used to it. Would you like me to ask your cousin Teddy to look out for you? He'll be in the year above and could show you the ropes. I miss my mum all the time too. I'm sorry you lost yours. Movie night sounds very fun. My friends don't really have much time to hang out all together anymore, so I'm quite jealous. You still haven't told me about those angry men you mentioned. Your friend, Harry. Dear Mr Potter, Dad says it doesn't matter if you have a good reason to do bad things. Evil can't be undone, he says. But I don't know if breaking into Gringotts is evil. Maybe it would have been if Dad had done it. I don't want Teddy to think I'm a baby. I bet he's really popular. He probably won't want to be stuck with me. Dad says it's important not to bother wizards. With muggles it's okay because they don't hate us. Dad says that's ironic. We're going back to Diagon Alley tomorrow to get my robes. I'm nervous. I wish I could just go to a muggle school where people are nice. The angry men come when they find us. They wear masks and break in and hurt Dad. And then when they're gone, we have to move. Dad says I shouldn't hate them. You can't get revenge on revenge, he says. They're just angry because of the war and that's understandable, he says. I try not to hate them. It's hard. Yours sincerely, Scorpius. Harry's hands shook as he read the letter. They wear masks and break in and hurt Dad. And Draco bloody Malfoy telling his son that that was understandable. What kind of a father was he? How dare he let Scorpius believe that was fair? That Scorpius deserved to live in fear of his father being murdered in their home? It was so strange, reading Scorpius's letters and learning about Malfoy through him. Scorpius evidently admired his father just as much as Malfoy had revered his. What was it about Malfoy's and family? Malfoy had literally become a Death Eater to please his dad. Could he not see that Scorpius swallowed everything he said as gospel truth? Yet, a tiny part of Harry couldn't help but pity Malfoy and begrudgingly admire his remorse. He was excruciatingly painful, Dumbledore had told him once, so agonising that Voldemort would never have undergone it, not even to mend his soul. Yet Draco Malfoy was remorseful. Draco Malfoy accepted the hatred of the wizarding world with stoicism and patience, believing it to be just retribution for the mistakes he had made at sixteen. Harry didn't question himself too much the next day, when he went to Diagon Alley. He was just going to check in on George, that was all. No other reason. Harry, how have you been holding up? asked George. Good, yeah, good, said Harry. Have you been getting our owls? asked George. Oh, uh, yeah, said Harry. It's been months, mate. We've been really worried about you. I've just been busy, lied Harry, and started asking about the new line of anti-embarrassment products. Anti-blush blusher for asking out the girl without looking like a girl. Luckily, this distracted George from asking more questions about Harry's non-existent personal life, and Harry was able to keep an eye fixed on the window, looking for... he wasn't sure what. Until he saw it, that is. A shock of blonde hair. Two shocks of blonde hair and a crowd gathering around them, and Harry strode out of the shop mid-sentence. Harry, wait, don't go, said George, but Harry ignored him. 
A man punched Malfoy as Harry opened the shop door. Leave my dad alone, cried Scorpius shrilly. Scorpius, said Malfoy. Shut up, you snot-faced brat. Your father tortured people, did you know that? You should be ashamed of him. The man leant down to look at Scorpius more closely, and Malfoy stepped in between them. It's nothing to do with him, he said. He wasn't even born. Harry hurried forward, but he wasn't fast enough. Defindo, said the man. A great deep gash opened across Malfoy's face. Dad! screamed Scorpius. The crowd parted as Harry pushed through it. Malfoy had dropped Scorpius's hand to clutch at his face, blood pouring through his fingers. Harry Potter, said the man who had hurt Malfoy. It's such an honour to meet you. Fuck off, said Harry. He grabbed Scorpius with one hand and Malfoy's elbow with the other and apparated them back to Grimmauld Place. Malfoy sank into a kitchen chair, still holding his face. Dad, said Scorpius, Dad. Are you all right? asked Malfoy. His voice was muffled. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'll call 999. 999? Did the Malfoys use muggle health care? Clearly they did. Scorpius pulled out a mobile phone and dialed. It didn't work, of course. There was too much magic in the house. It's okay, Harry told him. I can fix him. As you didn't he? But this didn't seem to reassure Scorpius at all. He threw himself onto Malfoy's lap. Malfoy's arms drew instinctively around him and pressed his cheek against his father's. Blood stained his icy blonde hair. Don't you dare touch him! You'll hurt him! I want Nick and Eve and Flora! You just want to hurt him! He said. Darling, said Malfoy faintly. He won't hurt me. Don't cry. How do you know? wailed Scorpius. Potter, that Dittany, if you don't mind, only I'm worried it will scar and we can't all pull off facial disfigurement. Right, sorry, said Harry, and he handed Malfoy the bottle and a clean tea towel. Malfoy's hands were shaking, and he clearly couldn't see well with all the blood in his eyes. Here, darling, he said, unscrewing the bottle and pouring liquid onto the tea towel. Can you dab this on the cut? Scorpius smelled the cloth, looking suspiciously at Harry. It's Dittany, he announced. Malfoy smiled. How can you tell? he asked, as if he was testing Scorpius. Scorpius pressed the cloth gently to his father's head. Harry knew how Dittany stung when it touched a wound, but Malfoy didn't make a sound. He barely winced. Because of the bitter smell combined with the colour and texture. Also, it's working, said Scorpius. <laughs> yes, correct, said Malfoy. Ten points to your house, Mr Malfoy. Harry noted that he didn't say Slytherin. Scorpius smiled. I'm a regular Hermione Granger, he said. Malfoy cleared his throat uncomfortably. I think you've got it all, darling, he said, pushing away the cloth. He wiped the blood out of his eyes and cast a quick cleaning spell. There was a nasty bruise forming on his cheekbone. Well done. You were very brave. I don't want to go to Hogwarts, said Scorpius in a low voice. Scorpius. I know, said Scorpius miserably. I'd like to talk to your dad alone, please, said Harry. You won't hurt him, said Scorpius, uncertainly. He couldn't seem to make eye contact with Harry. Harry shook his head. He had a lump in his throat. It was bizarre how jealous he was of Malfoy, or maybe of Scorpius. He genuinely couldn't tell which of them he envied more. It's important to know when to trust people, Malfoy told Scorpius. Yes, said Scorpius, I know. He looked at Harry then, with wide, grey eyes. I trust you. Harry tried to say something, but couldn't. Scorpius hopped off his father's lap and left the kitchen. Malfoy frowned at his knees. Potter, he began. Tea, 
interrupted Harry. Malfoy blinked. I, yes, thank you. They were both silent as Harry busied himself with the kettle. Harry realised he knew how Malfoy took his tea, or at least, how he had taken it at Hogwarts. Strong splash of milk, no sugar, he said, like you did at school. I always knew you watched me, said Malfoy. You watched me too, said Harry defensively. Everyone watched you. Harry put the two mugs on the table and sat opposite Malfoy. Even with the bruise blooming across his skin, he was the most beautiful thing Harry had ever seen. No wonder Harry had spent six years obsessing about him. How convenient that Malfoy had actually turned out to be up to something. Otherwise, Harry would just have been a run-of-the-mill, honest-to-God stalker. Potter, Malfoy began again, but Harry didn't let him continue. What the hell are you playing at, Malfoy, telling Scorpius that all this is fine and normal, that you deserve to be treated this way? You're giving him a complex, you realise. What are you talking about? He's scared, Malfoy. Malfoy slammed his hand down on the table. You think I don't know that? You think you could do better in my circumstances? Suddenly, an expression crossed Malfoy's face that Harry recognised. It hadn't been there when he was attacked in Diagon Alley, but it was there now. Terror. The same terror Harry remembered seeing on Malfoy's face in the Room of Requirement as the world burned around them. Oh, God! You want to take him away from me, don't you? He said. What? You... The Ministry threatened when I got out of Azkaban, but I haven't... Of course I haven't... If you think I would... Ever... Malfoy, what the hell are you on about? I'm not raising him to be a Death Eater! What? Of course you're not, said Harry. But Malfoy didn't seem to hear him. I... Please don't. I, I'm doing my best, Potter, and I would never do to him what my father did to me. Not ever. Please don't take him. Malfoy, Christ, I'm not trying to take Scorpius away from you, said Harry. Malfoy stopped talking. His silvery grey eyes flickered up to Harry's. Then what do you want to talk about? I just... Fuck, said Harry. He's dreading Hogwarts, you know. I'm aware, said Malfoy, stiffly. Did you get his robes in the end? asked Harry. Malfoy shook his head. I'll just make some up myself. How hard can it be? Harry had a sudden, vivid image of Scorpius being called to the sorting hat, with his unmistakably Malfoyish hair, with his despised name, his Death Eater father, and shoddy homemade robes to seal the deal. I'll take him to Diagon Alley, he said, decisively. Malfoy frowned. You... you would do that? Harry was surprised. He had expected Malfoy to tell him to fuck off, but evidently it had occurred to him too that Scorpius would be an object of ridicule in homemade robes. He's Teddy's cousin, you know, said Harry. Teddy won't want his social stock to plummet, and I'm sorry, Malfoy, but I reckon your pants at sewing, even with magic. I'm good at everything, Potter, said Malfoy, as if he were speaking from a script. He took a sip of his tea. Well, thank you. It would set my mind at ease, honestly. I went by myself for all his other things, but he needed to be there for the robes and the wand. I'll take him tomorrow, said Harry. Malfoy nodded. He seemed a bit more relaxed now. He took in Harry's kitchen, and Harry suddenly saw it through his eyes. Harry had got used to the shithole he lived in. It was his shithole, after all, and Sirius had grown up there, and it was meaningful to him. It wasn't the house's fault that the kitchen grout could never be cleaned, and that there was no light, and that the windows rattled and that it was cold and dirty and horrible. But as Malfoy looked at it, he was keenly aware of how pathetic it was to be rich beyond measure and yet to live in such a place. 
He was sure that wherever Malfoy lived, the manor and all the Malfoy fortune had been seized by the government after the war. It was clean and neat and cosy. Right, said Malfoy. I'm going to do something, and I promise I'm not being a dick, but it is going to look as if I'm being a dick. Uh, said Harry. Okay, should I get Scorpius back in here or no? Leave him, he's reading, said Malfoy, looking for something in his pockets. How do you know? Do you have a tracker on him or something? asked Harry. What? No, I just know him. He's reading. Ah, here. He found a piece of parchment and a quill, raised an eyebrow at Harry, and began to write. I, Draco Lucius Malfoy of House Black, hereby bequeath twelve Grimald Place to Harry James Potter, in return for saving my life. He is the rightful owner, and I relinquish all right to the Black inheritance. Signed, Draco Lucius Malfoy. What the fuck, Malfoy? I'm not being a dick. You can't just give me my own house. It's my house, said Harry. It is now, said Malfoy. There was something different about the house, Harry realised. It felt more comfortable. There was a cushion on his chair. The table was no longer pockmarked. The windows were clean. The kitchen was bigger. What the fuck did you do? asked Harry. The house thought it belonged to me, said Malfoy. I felt it when I arrived. Hasn't it been resisting you? What do you mean, resisting me? You know, staying dirty when you clean it, refusing to warm up, that sort of thing, said Malfoy. Oh, yes. Harry had just thought that was because it was an abominable black magic house. Well, now it knows I approve of you owning it, it's more likely to behave. Malfoy looked almost apologetic. I told you it would look like I'm being a dick. I still can't believe it didn't know I owned it, said Harry. Well, my cousin Sirius left it to you, didn't he? My cousin Sirius. Those words together made strange things stir in Harry. The idea of Malfoy being connected to people Harry loved. It was confusing. Yeah, said Harry. The house didn't approve of Sirius. Not after Great Aunt Walburga blasted him off the tapestry. How do you... I used to come here a lot as a child. It was lovely back then, apart from the elf heads. You haven't kept them, have you? Harry shook his head. Malfoy stood, smoothing down his robes. It's the least I can do, he said. I'll send Scorpius via flu tomorrow morning at ten. He'll need to change some muggle money under galleons. Do they let you into Gringotts, after everything? They don't like me, but yeah, said Harry. <laughs> Figures, said Malfoy. He opened the kitchen door. Scorpius was sitting on the suddenly extremely clean stairs, engrossed in a thick novel. Scorpius, Mr. Potter is taking you to Diagon Alley tomorrow. Isn't that kind of him? Scorpius leapt to his feet. Really? He looked at his father, his excitement leaking away. Will that... will that change things? I should think so, said Malfoy, softly. I think you'll have a nice time. The unspoken, without me, hung heavily in the air. I don't want to put you out, Mr. Potter, said Scorpius. Please call me Harry, and honestly, I'd like to. We'll get your robes and go to Florian's. Oh, said Scorpius. Oh, I've always wanted to go there, but he's never... Scorpius shut his mouth sharply. Malfoy looked rather pained. Thank you again, Potter, for the ditany and... everything. Come along, Scorpius. They went by the flu, Malfoy giving some address Harry didn't recognise, Scorpius waving cheerfully as they were swept away by the green flames. The house was very big and very empty. Chapter 2 In truth, Harry didn't go out very much anymore, at least not without his invisibility cloak. People began approaching him the moment he and Scorpius arrived in Diagon Alley. 
Scorpius clung nervously to his hand and shrank back when people noticed him. "'What an adorable child!' cried an old witch, leaning forward to pinch Scorpius's cheeks. "'Would you like a sweetie?' "'No, thank you. This must be your godson, Daddy Lupin,' she said confidently. "'I read about him in the papers. Your parents are war heroes, little boy.' "'No, this is my friend Scorpius,' said Harry. "'I'm afraid we have to get going.' He made the mistake of letting Scorpius walk into Madame Malkin's first. "'Your father knows perfectly well I won't serve your sort, Mr Malfoy,' she began, before spotting Harry. "'Oh, Mr Potter, so lovely to see you. Be off with you, Mr Malfoy, I won't tell you again.' Scorpius turned to leave. Harry put his hands on his shoulders. "'Actually, I'm here to get Scorpius's school robes,' said Harry. Madame Malkin's eyes widened. "'Oh,' she said, "'that's... that's very generous of you, Mr Potter. Of course I'm not surprised. You were always so noble-minded.' Harry shrugged uncomfortably. Scorpius's face had gone blank, the way Malfoy's had when Harry ran into him in Diagon Alley. He didn't say a word as Madame Malcolm fitted him, not even when she stuck a pin into him on purpose. "'I think you're hurting him,' said Harry coldly. "'Oh, dear me, you should have said something, Mr Malfoy,' said Madame Malcolm, removing her pin. Harry insisted that Scorpius order the most expensive, well-crafted robes available. He remembered how well Malfoy had always dressed in school, and he wanted Scorpius to look like that too. Malfoy hadn't given Scorpius enough money for more than the most basic robe options, so Harry paid the difference. He knew it would annoy Malfoy, but he didn't care. He had expected Scorpius to be talkative and excited, but he only grew quieter as strangers accosted them and told him what a charming child he was. The more people complimented Scorpius, the flatter his expression became. It only flickered when they passed the pet shop, "'Have you got an animal yet?' asked Harry. "'No, it's a luxury,' explained Scorpius. "'I don't need luxuries to be happy.' "'He didn't say,' Dad says. "'He didn't need to.' "'Hagrid bought me a my owl when I was eleven. "'As a gift,' said Harry. "'Hedwig,' said Scorpius unexpectedly. "'Yes,' said Harry. "'I'd quite like to pass the gift on. "'How would you like an owl?' "'Oh!' Scorpius looked up at him with shining eyes. Then he seemed to pull himself back together. Then he seemed to pull himself together. But you can't buy me an owl. Why not? asked Harry. It's... Scorpius looked unhappily at the owls in the window. Dad wouldn't like it. He told me specifically not to ask you for anything. Well, you haven't. I'd like to buy you an owl. That owl. He pointed at a snowy white owl that reminded him painfully of Hedwig. He's beautiful breathed Scorpius. But... No arguing, said Harry. Scorpius stared spellbound at the snowy owl as Harry paid and signed an autograph and explained that Scorpius was not his long-lost love child. What will you call him? asked Harry. Hogarth, said Scorpius reverently. That's a nice name, said Harry. He's my favourite 18th century cartoonist, said Scorpius. <laughs> You're a weird kid, laughed Harry, then immediately wished he hadn't because Scorpius's expression closed. It's a stupid name, he said. No, I like it. Hogarth. It's perfect. Come on, let's get some ice cream. Scorpius dragged his feet all the way to Florian's, and when they arrived, he looked determinedly at the floor. Harry, my boy, and who's this handsome young fellow? Florian stopped as he recognised the Malfoy hair. If only he didn't look so exactly like his father, thought Harry. 
But then, in some ways it was a blessing that he had inherited his father's good looks. Neither Malfoy nor Scorpius were exactly eyesores. This is my friend Scorpius, said Harry. What would you like? Scorpius shrugged his shoulders. Harry ordered him a sunday. It's good of you to take pity on a Death Eater child, said Florian, in a carrying undertone. Harry could feel the blush spreading up his face, could see the way Scorpius had become impassive and straight-backed, like a tiny marble statue. I'm not pitying him, said Harry. I like him, and he's not a Death Eater child, he's just a child. Of course, of course, blustered Florian, but he looked at Scorpius with more interest than before, and added a chocolate flake to his sundae that Harry hadn't paid for. They took their ice creams to the empty back room, and Scorpius finally relaxed, for the first time since they arrived that morning. I'm sorry about... everyone, said Harry, uncomfortably. I've never had wizards be nice to me before, said Scorpius. Except for you, of course. Harry resisted scooping Scorpius into a big hug and promising to force people to be nice to him. Scorpius stirred his ice cream thoughtfully, apparently unaware of the distressing, protective turmoil that Harry was experiencing. "'Do people always ask for your autograph?' asked Scorpius. "'Yes,' said Harry. "'Usually I go out of my invisibility cloak.' "'Oh!' "'I'll let you try it on sometime,' said Harry. Scorpius grinned and swallowed a large mouthful of ice cream. "'What's your job?' he asked. Harry spluttered. "'Uh,' he said, wiping himself with a napkin. "'I don't have one.' "'Why not?' asked Scorpius. Why not? That was indeed the question. The question that Hermione asked gently, and Ron asked bluntly, and Mrs. Weasley avoided, and Luna Lovegood mused on. Why hadn't Harry found anything to fill his days with? Usually he made a joke and moved on, but under this small Malfoyish eleven-year-old gaze he felt disposed to be truthful. Well, for a few years after the war I was a bit too unhappy to do anything, by the time I felt better, all my friends had started careers, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I also felt so behind. And it was a lot of pressure. Everyone was watching me all the time, so I was scared of being bad at anything, of trying anything new. So I just hesitated, and now it's been ten years, and I'm too embarrassed to start a new career. Scorpius nodded, as if this all made sense. Like Dad, when he got out of Azkaban, he said. Not really, frowned Harry. "'Yes,' insisted Scorpius. "'He was ashamed, and no one would hire him, "'and he had to find a muggle job, and he didn't know anything.' "'What does your dad do?' asked Harry. "'He runs a second-hand bookshop in Islington.' Harry paused, trying to imagine Malvoy in some sort of Hugh Grant-esque bookshop recommending novels to muggles. It was unthinkable. "'Is that why you don't see your friends any more?' asked Scorpius. "'Sorry?' "'In your letter. You said you didn't see them much.' Harry was blushing. He hadn't thought too much about what he wrote to Scorpius. He certainly hadn't expected Scorpius to remember the things he said. Well, yeah, I suppose so. I just feel a bit useless sometimes. Pretty hard to top defeating Voldemort at seventeen. Scorpius twisted his mouth sympathetically, and Harry had a sudden urge to laugh. Draco Malvoy's son was pitying him. I can't complain, though, he added, hastily. I'm very lucky in most ways. "'You should come to our movie night,' said Scorpius. Ugh, "'I don't think that's a good idea,' said Harry. "'Why not? Is it because my dad is a Death Eater?' "'Was a Death Eater,' said Harry. "'No, I just don't think he'd like me there.' Scorpius looked unconvinced. "'I'd like to come,' Harry found himself saying. 
if I thought he wouldn't mind. He wouldn't, said Scorpius. He always wanted to be friends with you in school. Harry snorted. <laughs> no, he didn't. He wanted me dead. He spent six years hexing me at every opportunity. Scorpius went very still. Oh, Scorpius, I didn't mean... Harry sighed. Does anyone ever tell you nice things about your dad? Nick and even Flora. But dad says they don't count because they don't really understand about the war. Right. Well... Harry pushed his hair out of his face. Your dad was always well-dressed in school. I mean, he always looked good. He was really handsome. All the girls were after him. Scorpius shook his head. But he wasn't good. Your granddad had some pretty nasty ideas, and Mal... Your dad believed them all because he was loyal. He cared about his family. Usually that's a good thing. It was just bad luck that his dad was awful. Scorpius shook his head again. It doesn't matter if you have a good reason to do bad things. Evil can't be undone, he said. That's what your dad says, said Harry. Yeah, said Scorpius. Well, look. Harry wasn't sure how he had got himself into this position, defending Draco Malfoy to Malfoy's own son. He felt a bit hopeless. How was he supposed to make Scorpius feel better about his twat of a father, when his father really had been a twat? But to his surprise, words came to him. Of course your dad should have stood up to his father earlier. Or at all. But he had a lot of opportunities to do evil. Real evil, Scorpius. And he couldn't do it. It wasn't in him. Because fundamentally, he wasn't a bad person. Scorpius twirled his spoon through his ice cream. I'm serious, Scorpius. I know he isn't a bad person, said Scorpius quietly. He's the best person in the whole world. He was inventive, said Harry. Creative, persistent, funny, I think. At least the Slytherins thought so. Handsome. You already said that one, said Scorpius. Uh, said Harry, blushing. Do you hate my dad, Harry? No, said Harry, automatically. Then remember that it was true. I really don't. Actually, if you're anything to go by, I reckon he's probably a pretty good egg. Scorpius laughed. A good egg, he repeated. Look, enough about the war. Do you play Quidditch? Scorpius lit up, looking suddenly so smug and pointy that Harry was forcibly reminded of Malfoy in first year. It gave him a strange, wistful feeling. Yes, I'm very good. My dad says it's a crime if I don't get on the house team. He and I play Seekers games, and I almost always win. I think I'd like to be chaser. There's much more glory in scoring goals than in catching a stupid snitch, don't you think? My dad says he's going to buy me a broomstick next year. We only ride clean sweeps, which are fine, but my dad said he's going to buy me a Nimbus. He's promised. And... Scorpius chattered happily about Quidditch for five whole minutes before Harry could even get a word in edgeways. The boy was Quidditch mad. It made Harry's heart ache. He didn't really fly anymore. He didn't really do anything. Anymore. He slept about twelve hours a night, fitfully, with nightmares. He then lay in bed for a few more hours when he woke up, wincing at all the obligations he was neglecting, before getting up and wandering listlessly around his house, picking up books at random and putting them down, avoiding the pile of letters on his dining room table that grew larger and more reproachful with each passing week. Occasionally, he would give in and see a friend, but he clammed up around them, ashamed of himself for being so bloody useless. It was easier to just be alone. Or it had been, reflected Harry that night, alone in Grimmauld Place, until Scorpius Malfoy came along. 
because it had been so lovely eating ice cream with him, reassuring him that his father wasn't a bad person, making him feel a little better. He always wanted to be friends with you in school, Scorpius had said. Harry was sure Scorpius had misunderstood, but somehow he kept thinking about it. It was strange to be learning so much about Malfoy without actually spending time with him. Malfoy's letter arrived the next day, to Grimmauld Place this time, although still on intimidatingly thick paper. Potter, those robes you ordered are an absurd extravagance, and don't get me started on the owl. Scorpius claims that you're longing to be invited to our movie night tomorrow. I have informed him that he's mistaken, but he has been... persistent. So, consider yourself invited. Details over leaf. You're spoiling my son rotten and undoing years of good parenting. With gratitude, D. Malfoy. Was Malfoy actually annoyed about the robes and the owl? He had signed with gratitude, after all. Harry decided he would go to the movie night, if only to find out whether he'd pissed Malfoy off. Not that Malfoy had any right to be angry, in Harry's opinion. Malfoy, I'll be there. H. Potter. He found that he was actually rather nervous the next day. He changed his jumper three times before settling on the one he always wore. He just didn't want to look stupid in front of Scorpius, he decided. Scorpius was a Malfoy, after all. He probably really cared about how people looked, what with his father basically being a fashion model. Harry wondered, at great length, what Malfoy would wear before deciding that he was being stupid. He wanted to bring something, but shopping was hard for him. People always bothered him, and it was difficult to pay under the invisibility cloak. Creature bought food once a week, but nothing that Harry could bring as a gift. In the end, he didn't bring anything. Malfoy lived in an ordinary block of flats on a rather busy little high street. Harry apparated in an alleyway, found the front door, and rang the bell. Scorpius came to let him in. You came? Ah, uh, said Harry, as Scorpius threw himself into his arms. It was very nice, actually. People didn't really hug Harry all that much. Mrs Weasley did, of course, when he saw her but he never saw her. Scorpius chattered away as he led Harry up the stairs to the flat. It was somehow both exactly what Harry had expected, and nothing at all like what he had expected. It was small and clean and crammed with books, this all made sense. But it was also cosy and unpretentious, it seemed thoroughly lived in, and, just now, it was filled with laughter and noise. Malfoy rose to greet him, drink in hand. He was wearing muggle clothes, and he looked predictably, effortlessly hot, despite the purpled bruise on his cheekbone. "'You came,' he said, like Scorpius, although with considerably less enthusiasm. "'Uh, yeah, I hope that's... okay,' said Harry. "'You must be Harry,' said a woman with pink hair and a nose ring. "'I'm Eve, the two over there who look so disgustingly in love are Nick and Flora.' Nick and Flora did indeed look disgustingly in love, and had two children, Andy and Fran, whom Harry remembered Scorpius mentioning in one of his letters. The three children instantly disappeared into Scorpius's room to play with Hogarth. "'I can't believe you got him an owl, Draco,' said Flora. "'I didn't. Potter here did.' "'That was you?' asked Eve. "'Why?' "'I had one as a kid,' said Harry. Eve ushered him to the sofa and handed him a bowl of pretzels. "'You went to that same school for posh freaks as Draco, yeah?' Harry winced at the word freak, which reminded him so much of Aunt Petunia. "'It was just freaks, Eve.' said Malfoy comfortably, from where he was lounging, his head in Flora's lap. She was stroking his hair, and Nick didn't seem to mind. You didn't have to be posh. It was hardly classist. Eve snorted. It was a boarding school. Of course it was classist. 
purist, maybe, muttered Harry. Malfoy cast him an unreadable look. But Malfoy's right, I'm not exactly posh. No, said Eve, and smiled. It occurred to Harry that he had thought Malfoy's muggle friends would be posh, more like the boys Dudley used to bring home from smeltings, or little muggle pansy Parkinson's. But Nick and even Flora all seemed distinctly normal. They reminded him more of Tonks than anyone else. We've never met one of Draco's school friends before, said Nick. We weren't friends, said Malfoy quickly. Never too late to make friends, said Flora. Potter's just here for Scorpius, said Malfoy. I don't blame you, said Eve to Harry. I'm not too keen on Draco myself. Can't abide with all his suffering, silence, do-gooder nonsense. Harry choked on a pretzel. Nick thumped him on the back. So, uh, have you known Draco long? asked Harry. He couldn't believe the risk Malfoy was taking, inviting Harry over, when he had evidently pumped his muggle friends with lies about what a tragic victim he was. Must be convenient, he thought sourly, to have friends who don't know that you were basically a Nazi. Pretty much since he got out of prison, said Flora, continuing to stroke Malfoy's hair. Malfoy closed his eyes. Prison, said Harry. Oh shit, said Flora. Did he not know, Draco? And he always tell everyone. He knew, said Draco, dryly. He's just surprised I haven't been hiding it from you lot. Nick, Flora and Eve all laughed. Christ, said Eve, if you ever find the way to stop Draco talking about his chequered past, let us know. You'll make me sound awfully repetitive, said Malfoy. We love you for it, said Flora softly. Quiet, wench, or your husband will find out about our affair, said Malfoy. Scorpio said you're lonely, Harry, said Eve. Harry choked again. What? I'm not. Eve is under the misapprehension that her rudeness is charming, said Malfoy. Oh, come on. Harry, I'm having a wine and cheese party on Friday. You should come. Uh, said Harry, looking at Malfoy, who smiled rather nastily. Don't look to me for help, Potter. She captured me in her wily social net long ago. And I fully intend to capture you too, Harry, said Eve. You don't have to come, said Flora, soothingly. You can say no. No, I... That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I'll come, said Harry. He wasn't sure why. Maybe it had just been too long since he had plans on a Friday night. Malfoy raised an eyebrow but didn't say anything. Are we ever going to start this movie? asked Nick. Harry needs a drink, said Eve. Are you going to get him one, Draco? No, said Malfoy. You are. You're a terrible host, said Eve. I'm an excellent host. I anticipate the needs of all my guests. Your need, right now, is to get Potter by himself and grill him, and I'm graciously providing you with what you want. Eve grinned. Too right. Come on, Harry. You want to grill me? asked Harry, nervously, as Eve took the bowl of pretzels out of his hands and pulled him to his feet. Oh yes, like a fish, on both sides, until you're ready to eat, said Eve. Potter, said Malfoy, and Harry turned to look at him. Don't forget the international statute of secrecy, will you? Harry goggled at him, but the others just laughed, and Malfoy smirked as if he had made a good joke. I don't know how he comes up with that shit, said Eve, pulling him towards the kitchen. Yeah, said Harry. So inventive. He had told Scorpius that Malfoy was inventive. And he had been, inventively awful, what with the Potter Stinks badges, and tricking him into a fake duel in first year, and dressing up as a Dementor in third year, and any number of dreadful things he'd done to torture Harry. Harry couldn't help but notice that it was a special kind of clever to use the truth to mask the truth the way Malfoy had just done. So, said Eve, are you single? Uh, yes, 
said Harry, alarmed. Don't worry, I'm not going to hit on you. She paused. Unless you want me to. No, that's okay, said Harry. Eve looked affronted. I'm sort of figuring stuff out. Hmm, said Eve, taking a bottle of white wine out of the fridge. Draco's perpetually single too. He says he's waiting till Scorpius goes away to school, but really he just doesn't want him to know he's gay. Harry could feel his face heating up. Malfoy's not gay, he said. He had a wife. Eve laughed. <laughs> so did Oscar Wilde. And I didn't just out Draco, by the way. He's not secretive about it generally, just around Scorpius. Scorpius doesn't strike me as a virulent homophobe, said Harry. No, agreed Eve. But Draco seems to think he's going to be bullied at this posh freak school he's so mysteriously intent on sending him to. He doesn't want him to add fuel to the fire. Oh, said Harry, suddenly miserable. That's awful. Awful indeed, said Eve, hopping up to sit on the counter. She tilted her head, bird-like. So, Spill, what was he really like? Malfoy? No, the Queen, of course, Malfoy. Er, uh, said Harry, playing for time. It was hard to think of anything somehow other than Malfoy is gay. What has he told you? Everything, said Eve, and for a second Harry thought she really meant it that Malfoy had broken the statute and told them about magic, but then she went on. About how he was in some kind of violent white supremacist gang or something. Oh, said Harry. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't really about race, but close enough. Eve looked at her knees, all traces of merriness falling away. I had breast cancer a few years ago, she said. I'm sorry, began Harry. Draco came to every single chemo session. He made me stupid cards with cartoons in them. It's not like he didn't have a lot on his plate. I mean, he was so poor, and he blamed himself for Astoria, and he had all these enemies from prison or whatever who kept breaking in and attacking him in Scorpius. But he took such good care of me. He used to make me this weird herbal drink that I swear worked better than the chemo. Harry suspected that really was breaking the statute of secrecy. Wizards had long ago discovered an anti-cancer potion. It just needed to be taken every day for a prolonged period. If Malfoy had been caught giving it to a muggle, he would have been sent back to Azkaban in a heartbeat. Which made Harry's heart beat faster. I'm just trying to understand, said Eve. He makes it sound like he was some kind of mass murderer. He never killed anyone, said Harry. Although it wasn't from lack of trying, he did almost poison my best friend Ron. If he could have put the words back into his mouth, he would have. For Malfoy had come into the kitchen, and his easy expression froze as he heard what Harry had said. Eve leapt down from the counter, looking panicked. Draco. No, he is quite right, said Malfoy, in a strangled voice. I did almost kill Ron Weasley, and Katie Bell, and Dumbledore, and I'm certainly responsible for what happened to Bill Weasley's face. I'm to blame for Astoria, and I might as well have killed Vincent Crab. He stopped talking, his eye suddenly blank. Eve took him by the wrists. Draco, she said gently. Draco, it's Eve. You're in your flat. In London. Draco. He shook his head and carried on talking as if nothing had happened. Fire, you know, not a good way to go. But then he was one of us who probably deserved it. I don't know. Let go of me, Eve. Eve stepped away and Malfoy caught Harry's eye. I've tried to explain to them, Potter. They won't listen. Maybe you'll have better luck. He turned around, leaving the kitchen without another word. Explain what? asked Harry. Why we shouldn't be friends with him, said Eve. Draco... She went after him, leaving Harry in the kitchen, rippling with confused guilt. When he got back to the sitting room, 
Scorpius and his friends were back. We were just going to come and get you. We had to start the movie, he said, pulling Harry to sit next to him on the sofa. Draco sat stiffly on Scorpius's other side, staring straight ahead. They watched Notting Hill. Harry had seen it before, and found it hard to concentrate, because he was drafting out speeches to Malfoy in his head. I'm sorry, but you did try to kill Ron, one began. I was just trying to explain that you weren't some crazy serial killer, went another. I don't have to explain myself to you, went a third. But none of his speeches got across his feelings, because he didn't really know what they were. All he knew was that, from Malfoy's perspective, Harry had come over to his house and immediately told his friends about his behaviour in the war. Scorpius cuddled into Harry. Malfoy's eyes darted towards them and back at the screen. He looked as if he was sitting on a straight-backed chair, not a sofa, his hands fidgeting on his knees, feet planted on the floor, his posture impeccable. Harry suspected he wasn't watching the movie any more than Harry was. Scorpius cuddled closer, and Harry wrapped his arms around him, struck by the bizarre longing to hug Malfoy, to tell him he honestly had forgiven him for almost everything. Some things he felt he couldn't forgive without knowing for sure Malfoy regretted them, like calling Hermione a mudblood. But then, Malfoy was clearly close personal friends with muggles now, so his theories on blood purity must have changed. Mustn't they? It occurred to Harry that Malfoy might have thought he was trying to talk Eve out of her friendship with him. The thought made his stomach churn. And for Scorpius to be cuddling up to him just when Malfoy thought that Harry was trying to turn everyone against him. You should go cuddle your dad, he whispered into Scorpius's ear. Scorpius looked up at him curiously, but he did as he was told. Harry watched out the corner of his eye as Scorpius nuzzled under Malfoy's arm. He knew instantly that he'd been right to suggest it, because everything about Malfoy relaxed. He smiled at Scorpius and leant back into the sofa, pulling him close and stroking his hair. Harry saw him speak quietly, saw his lips move to say, I love you. It was very hard to concentrate on the movie. When the credits rolled, Malfoy stretched luxuriously. You know what's amazing about that movie? he asked. Dad, said Scorpius warningly. I mean, the thing that gets me every time. Dad! Malfoy was grinning now. It's how the director manages to get his message across so clearly. Dad, everyone hates this joke. I don't, said Eve. The message, that it's Scorpius's bedtime, finished Malfoy. I hate you, said Scorpius. Say goodnight and brush your teeth. Good night and brush your teeth, grumbled Scorpius, peeling away from his father. I don't actually hate you, he added. It's all right if you do, said Malfoy. But I don't, said Scorpius. Quit stalling and go clean your teeth. Scorpius wished everyone good night, giving Harry an extra long hug before he went. Nick and Flora collected their two children and left as well. Harry, Eve and Malfoy were left hovering by the front door. Harry had hoped Eve would leave so that he could talk to Malfoy alone, but Eve was evidently hoping for the same thing. I'll help you tidy up, she told Malfoy. It seemed a pretty clear social signal that Harry should leave. I better get going, he said. You should come again next week, said Malfoy, unexpectedly. It's Scorpius's last one before school, so it's his turn to pick. It'll be unbearably pretentious, but you should come. Harry frowned. I'm not lonely. You don't have to be lonely to hate-watch 1960s French cinema, Potter. You're just inviting me because Scorpius told you all that I have no friends, which isn't true, said Harry. Oh, I see, said Malfoy. You don't like my friends. They're not special enough for you. That's not what I... I'm sorry my friends aren't all magical like yours. Was Malfoy accusing him of muggle-hating? In front of a muggle, no less. Don't be ridiculous, Malfoy. That was your thing, not mine. 
Malfoy immediately stopped grinning. Yes, I had forgotten. I am an excellent reason for you not to come. Do as you please. That's not what I said, said Harry. Good night, Potter. He said it with such finality that Harry found he couldn't even argue. He simply nodded at Eve and turned to walk down the stairs. He was not halfway down them when he heard Eve shout his name. Harry! She caught up with him. Harry, can I just... Did Draco ever hurt you? Harry almost laughed. <laughs> he stomped in my face once. Broke my nose, he said. Was that you? I remember him telling us about that. Well, listen, I'm not asking you to forgive him, but please, for the love of God, can you hold off on reproaching him until you know him better? I know him plenty, said Harry. Eve's eyes flashed dangerously. Okay, fine. But I wasn't reproaching him, you know, said Harry. I'll see you on Friday for my wine and cheese party, said Eve. You still want me to come? asked Harry. Oh, you have to come, said Eve threateningly, before she returned to Malfoy's apartment. That was part one of Dad Says, written and read by Gala Placidia. Tune in next week for part two. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review on the Apple Podcast app. And why not share it with a friend who you think will like the show? For more stories by me, head to AO3. I also have an Instagram, at letthemeatbooks, with underscores instead of spaces, where I post reviews of the books I read, so please say hello on there. Thank you for listening. <laughs>